Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. We are opening up today our series called Shame Season is Over, Part 1. Are you ready to get off the roller coaster ride of shame where you're hooked on the highs and devastated by the lows? Well, check out today's episode and determine that shame will not drag you into 2020 with double down efforts to do better only to crash and burn within a few days. Take a listen to this episode that's drawn from my live Move On Mondays Facebook post from November 25th. I hope it encourages you as you really get ready to move forward into 2020. Shame season is over. Take a listen for yourself and share with others. Shame season is over. So welcome to Move On Mondays. I'm Nancy McCready, Redefining Discipleship, wherever God is opening up the door. Shame season is over. We cannot take into the new year, into the new decade, we cannot take shame in with us. We also cannot take in all of our remedies and all of our clever um, anecdotes for shame, where we are constantly attempting to handle shame on our own. All right, so here we go. Shame season is over. And this is something that God spoke to me yesterday in those words. Now, for several weeks, I had been thinking and planning on uh, addressing this core issue of shame as it attacks your entire being. Okay, It's not the same as guilt, which is for actual uh, sin. Shame, my friends, is an attack on your person. Okay? And so God had been speaking to me about potentially uh, doing this for my podcast for the month of December, which I probably am going to. Because as I started last week um, talking about love being put in right order, if love is going to be put in right order within us, shame is going to have to be dealt with And the only way to deal with it is by the cross of Jesus Christ. So whenever the attack on you seems personal, good morning, everyone. When the attack on you, whether from the internal voice within your own self or voices and relationships that are toxic out here, um, they have to find, okay, a belief in you already to be able to attach to. And when that attack of shame comes, it wants to come at you so personally that you take it personally, you work on it personally, you attempt to deal with it personally. But my friends, we have to recognize that the attack of shame has to be addressed at its source. So it's an inherited problem. It's inherited. It is not personal. I do not want you to spend the rest of your life fighting. Good morning, everyone. Please share this while it's live. Encourage others to come on. 
Uh, we cannot spend the rest of our lives. That's why shame season is over. We cannot spend the rest of our lives fighting a personal fight that is not personal. You do not want to spend your last days of 2019, nor do you want to let shame drag you in to the new year and into the new decade the same way it always does where you are attempting to self-improve. Shame drives New Year's resolutions. Shame drives the old song, uh, What's Wrong With Me? Shame drives all of the measures that you put in all the time in your cyclical remedies of, of trying to deal with why you feel so bad about yourself and, you know, of focusing on the mean people in your life that just expect you to perform. Here's where the shift in the shame season has to happen if love's going to be put in right order. And shame is about to get dealt with, but with a death blow, not with a self-improvement, but a death blow, okay, is we've got to recognize it's not all the mean people that expect me to perform to earn their love. You have to finally ask yourself, what is it in me that keeps getting on that train, if you will, that keeps getting on that lie that says that somehow I'm supposed to perform okay, for others to love me, to accept me, to want me, to want to be around me. Do you ever grow tired of having to constantly uh, provoke others to want to be with you? You know, you got to be cool enough, hip enough, relevant enough, fun enough, you know? Are you not tired of that? Then you have to ask yourself, what is it in me that keeps me, okay, jumping on that squirrel cage, thinking, you know, you just got to keep them happy, you got to keep them, who told you that? <laughs> Where did you get that from, that you have to keep others happy? Okay, now you could say, well, you know, it's just, that's, that's what you got to do, you know, okay? Or that's how it was in my family, okay? And the subtle blame keeps going back to childhood. I want to take you, let's go all the way back, push them back, push them back, okay? All the way back to the garden, to the inheritance from that wretched tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it is a system that we inherited. That's why you have to be crucified to this world and the world crucified to you. It is a system. It is a nature. It is a kingdom that completely operates on you have to earn it. And when you earn it, oh, it's so good. Oh, isn't it so wonderful? When it's good, it is really, really good. Mm, but when it's bad, my friends, when it is evil and you don't do enough and it comes to crush you, ridicule you, mock you, I mean, it will come after you. Can I get any thumbs up? Let me see. I need to get my little glasses looking here to see. <laughs> All right. Good morning. All right. So I'm, what I'm saying to you is, is that whether you are allowing that shame system to work on you or you are working it on other people. And we all know that we have. Hmm? Okay, we all know that we have used it on others as it has been used on us. We can say, oh, this wicked world system. 
That wicked world system, my friends, cannot function where there is a crucified, crucified, old man, crucified flesh. So we are, this wicked world system and the devil can do nothing where there is an operative, powerful crucifixion uh, happening. Because that's the only answer that God gives us for that wicked world system. And for the devil is if we, okay, would receive the crucifixion of Christ operative within us and we would get off of that squirrel cage and we would step away from the vehicle, if we would do that, it cannot operate within us. So we have to address ourselves, okay, so good morning, I need a little coffee, okay, If we would address ourselves the way that God does, we would experience a tremendous, tremendous inward freedom. Because what we oftentimes are attempting to do is to create a freedom by, you know, putting boundaries on everybody and you can't do this and you can't do that. Listen, people can do pretty much whatever they decide to do, okay? But what I get to do and what you get to do is we get to decide how much of that we're going to, you know, operate with. How much of that am I going to cohabit with? How much of that am I going to believe? The other day I posted um, a statement that said, when will you stop allowing someone else's lie to be your truth? Because if you have outside sources, one of the things that keeps, good morning, one of the things that keeps the shame Um, system operative uh, in the life of a believer, okay, is you are allowing outside sources to communicate to you your worth. Those outside sources have to find an inward Velcro that still seeks, okay, to have an identity that is given to you by other people or that you earn or you mold and you shape, which keeps you constantly in toxic relationships, constantly the willing, the willing victim, say of a narcissistic person or an abusive person or a person who really doesn't care for you, but you are so determined to believe that you have to do something to make them want you, be a better wife, be a better husband, be a better provider, be a better performer, be a better pretender, okay? Then you are in it and you wear yourself out and you think, you know, if I, it just could be just around the corner because it's always elusive, isn't it? And the rules today, if you want me to love you today are this and you need to do this, this, and this. Oh, you do that and you just about think you've got it And the next day, the rules are, well, no, it's this and this and this and this. So there are so many things over this month because shame season is over. If you so decide to begin to let Holy Spirit reveal to you where you are continuously attempting to live according to the old shame system that was crucified, Galatians 6, I am crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. This is the only thing that will make the church fit to go to the world. Hmm? Okay, It's the only thing that will make us able to be who we are to them. All right, Which could be like the greatest friend they'll ever have. 
Okay, that's who you could be. Not because you're a friend to the world in the sense that you're cozy and up to it, trying to live by its system, but that you finally realize, just as Jesus was the greatest friend to the world that there ever was, right? Yet he wasn't of the world, okay? But he was sent to the world. So he could speak to them on behalf of the Father. He could die for them, live for them, serve them. And he could stretch out his hands towards them but because he did not need anything from them. This is one of the greatest things that the crucifixion of the cross within us will do for us is when, whether that's with your grown children, whether that's with your spouse and relationships with authority figures, with anybody, whatever it may be. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for hopping on is when you don't need people, you will stop using people, scamming people, pretending, okay, for people. Now that comes from you. That's not, nobody's making you do that, okay? And sometimes our healing only gets us to the point where we're healed, you know, and I don't have to, you know, these mean people in my life. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's in us. What's in you that was making you keep kowtowing to the mean people? That's where our real deliverance comes from, okay? So I want to encourage you today, as shame season is over, that you, if you have any of these things, I'm getting ready to mention just a few things. If any of these things are still operative, which they are if you're in the flesh, because this is how the flesh operates, okay? Flesh isn't just bad behavior. It's all the ways that we learned, okay, out of our old nature from Adam, that inherited thing, okay? So if you find yourself always thinking that you're not good enough, I'm not good enough to be in that group. I've got to settle. Last week I talked about, are you a person of desperation or destiny? Desperation says, well, I've just got to, you know, take whatever comes along, you know. Well, really? I mean, if you're a person of destiny, the new man is a man, a person of destiny is that my father has a plan for me. And on this path that he walks me on, I guess he'll be making people like me. This is so fun to me. He will make people like you, whether they want to or not. That's called favor. Okay. So do you live desperate? I've just got to take whatever I can get and I've got to, you know, make people like me and I've got to be good enough. Are you believing a lie that somebody tells you where they are constantly, constantly pointing out to you what you're doing wrong and how you should fix it, and you believe all of that, okay, that typically comes out of because you already believe you're not good enough, okay? So that's a belief that comes from the old man because whoever told you you were supposed to be good enough to be loved? See, the subtlety of those lies. So if you're letting someone else's lie become your truth, it's because you already believe that lie to a certain degree already within yourself. Otherwise, you would never be susceptible to somebody who comes along and tells you that somehow you're to blame for them abusing you, that it's your fault that everything always goes wrong. Do you understand? That's already got to be in there. That's why they, they, man, they're picking up on that. Okay, so here we go. So when you don't believe you're good enough, that means you are comparing and contrasting yourself to others. And the Bible says that means we have no understanding. Let me just lean in and say, I think the Bible might be telling us that we're stupid. 
Okay, so if you take that personally, see, that's part of the problem. Flesh, my friends, is stupid, okay? The very fact that it thinks it can live independent from God, okay? That's stupidity, okay? That's inherited stupidity. It's not personal. Stop taking everything so personally, okay? Here we go. So, because when we believe that we're not good enough, then we're looking at other people and and we're always checking out other people to see how should I dress, how should I do my hair, how should I talk, how should I preach, how should I do this, how should I do that, how do I decorate my house, how do I do this, how do I do that. You don't really know what you like. You are always looking at what other people like and you say, ooh, that's what I'm going to do. And you have no core identity, no core I don't even know if this is proper to say it this way, but a core preference. Like, if you like me, I like you. And then you have to wait, wait, wait a minute. I mean, do you even really like that person? Well, I don't know, but if they like me, I'll, I'll like them. Because the whole goal is I need somebody to like me. Once God begins to truly deliver you from within, you might decide, I'm not even really sure. Now, you love everybody because we're commanded to love. But what I mean is you might find out You've been whoring yourself after people you don't really even personally like. Okay, so we have to maybe come to that again because, you know, shame season is over. Okay, so you never feel good enough. You're comparing and contrasting yourself. Therefore, you're always finding who you're going to be in any particular season and fad and what's trending and what's not. And you're looking out here to outside sources, okay, outside sources to tell you who you are and if you're doing okay. Okay, that's idolatry because God is the inward source of our everything. Our identity, our worth, our value doesn't come from others. Listen to me. Therefore, it doesn't come from you. You are not the source of earning and deserving and performing. Let me tell you, that's when the cross starts to deeply work is when you don't contribute okay, to being lovable. You are not the major contributing factor to that people like me because I'm just a likable person, okay? Do you understand? At the core is self, and self is an idolater. It idolizes self. I'm either wonderful enough for people to love me or I'm horrible enough to make people not like me. That's another system. That's the world system. We inherited that from Adam. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. Now, eventually, my friends, all your people-pleasing is going gonna, is gonna to give in and become, okay, is going to become anger and, and in many people, rage. Because after a while, maybe a lifetime, you're going to finally begin to be like, you know what? I'm getting sick and tired of having to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Who told you you had to make everybody happy? Where did that come from? Okay. So the anger and the rage that we see that's really fueling so much bitterness and sexual sin and all manner of stuff within the church, okay, is about to get exposed. Okay. So, so it, shame season is over, but, but, God is going to begin to reveal to us what is bubbling and brewing and boiling inside of us, okay? So when you're angry at having to earn people's love, I hope that what you'll begin to address with God is, wait a minute, why did I think I had to do that? 
Why am I so furious? Why am I so angry? Why am I self-indulging in private? Oftentimes, a lot of what fuels all this shame is the fear of abandonment. Is if I'm not good enough, people will leave me. Mm -hmm. Yes, they might. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's another part of shame season. Maybe we'll talk about that Okay, in the, in the weeks to come. With a lot of this shame comes high performance, therefore a lot of anxiety. High performance, I have to perform. I have to make sure that I'm, you know, really cooking, you know, strong all the time and I'm on high performance. And this idolatry, you see, of where I, I, I have to perform well enough that I have to do this. I have to make this happen. I have to make people want to be with me. I have to make sure that I'm producing and that I'm effective. Okay, all of that is a source issue. Okay, and God is about, by the cross of Jesus Christ, he is about to expose the old source, okay, and he's about to bring you to him, where actually he's going to give you the option, <laughs> the opportunity to choose him as your source. Okay, not your source of making others like you or your source for, you know, self-improvement, but the source of everything. He is love, life, all of that. Now, one of the things that happens when we're living in a shame system is we're unaware of boundaries. We don't even realize when people have crossed over into our, our life and are now running our life with our full permission. So now remember, shame season is over. This is a word that God spoke to me just yesterday. And so to me, this means it's a real-time, real-life season that's coming to an end. Okay? Because we're going into the new year. Don't let shame drag you into the new year by making New Year's resolutions, okay? By determining to do better, you know, digging down in and you're going to make it happen. Don't let shame drag you through that again. It is so cyclical. And um, it's true, we're coming to the end of this decade and stepping into a new decade. But let God, let God bring you into sonship that is not earned or deserved. The kingdom of God, my friends, is that everything is a gift. Then you learn to live in that gift, okay? And the answer to shame is the crucifixion of the old man because the old man is not good enough. The old man is a failure, okay? So I'm not gonna tell you, oh no, you're not a failure, you know, because, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, you are in and of yourself, but it's not personal. It's inherited, okay? And if we do not begin to disciple the body of Christ into the true deliverance of the cross, we're just poking around on that old shame system, okay? Now, another thing is, is that you might be a lion failure, okay? Which means that you have to lie about all your failures or blame them on other people, or you take pride in that you're very responsible and always take responsibility for when everything goes wrong, you know? Okay, so lying is a huge part of living in a shame-based uh, identity because you, you either take responsibility for things that are not yours, so that's lying, or you can't you cannot, it can't be you, 
okay? See, because when your shame quota is so high, you're just like, I cannot take responsibility for anything else. It can't be me. It just can't be me, okay? And so because you've taken on maybe false guilt for things that weren't yours, and you need to give all that back to whoever it is so that you can take on the guilt that's really yours and get really free. Because once you get really free, because Jesus has paid for all of that and dealt with all of that, then you can step in to the new. But lying and blaming um, is, is a huge aspect um, of the shame system. Um, you also continuously uh, acquiesce or abdicate your authority. And so therefore you remain in a victim mentality and you're powerless constantly, you know, because those who really have authority, you know, they don't do right and all of that. So I'm, I'm not going in depth in these. I'm just telling you some of the indicators. You code a lot of your communication. This has really, really affected the ability of the church to preach the gospel. When we all are taking on all of our shame, we're so sensitive, nobody can speak the truth because we'll collapse. Uh, if, if, you know, we, we just can't say anything because nobody, you know, they just, you know, you know they can't take it, you know. And, uh, and we can't take it. If anybody criticizes or says anything, we're inflamed with sensitivity. And uh, therefore, we are coding the communication. And so these are just a few of the things that can be operating. Uh, and we have to come to the place to see that the issue of shame, shame is an attack on your entire person. <clears throat> but part of the uh, remedy to inherited shame is that we come into agreement with God. There is something defective about us in Adam. As a matter of fact, the whole old creation is defective. But it's not because you couldn't please your mom. It's not because you weren't good enough that your parents would love you properly. That, that's not, you gotta get way back to the garden to see that when Adam and Eve chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we stepped into a shame-based uh, system that comes from the pits of hell, okay? And it says, I am now God and I must earn and deserve love. And it just propagates and promotes, I don't know that propagates is the right word, but promotes an entire system of when I do really, really good, ooh, it's so good. Ooh, but when I do really, really bad, it's so bad. Okay, now I want you to also see this out of Galatians 4. Right at the end of Galatians 4, it talks about the child of promise, Isaac, being ridiculed and mocked by the child of the flesh, Ishmael. And this, my friends, goes on and on and on inside of us. Okay, when your own flesh will harass, persecute, mock, and ridicule you from within. And that makes you susceptible, okay, to uh, the mocking, ridicule, um, conditional human love, all of that from outside. So we have to recognize that the child of promise, Isaac, was born completely, not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And that now we are those who are born of the Spirit. And now we, but you will notice there are things that happen within where if you're going to step out, believe God, step forward, and do as God is leading you, 
even from within your own self, you will hear things like, you really think you're going to be able to do that? I mean, who are you? You know, you need to sit down and shut up. Okay, that's flesh, mocks and ridicules the child of promise. And you, as a born-again son of God, okay, you, okay, are a child of promise. You were born completely by uh, God's doing, okay? And, and when Jesus came, he did all of that. So we have to see, hey, Angela, hey, Karen. So we have to recognize this. And we have to let the cross start cutting so that we stop trying to get away just from bad people rather than, no, if you let God deal with you, you'll be able to walk freely among whoever you need to, but their lies will not any longer be your truth. God will be your truth. Jesus is called truth. What Jesus says is what is true. We have to let the cross deal with the self within us. We have been crucified to the world, and the world has been crucified to us. Stop fighting that old world system that came out of the old nature of Adam, okay? So anyway, shame season is over. We are moving forward with him. We're not going to let shame drag us into a new year and a new decade. It is over. We are going to let God's solution to shame, which is the new creation. There is nothing defective in you as the new creation. Quit trying to self-improve. Okay? Okay. I got to stop because I'll get to all this on later later um, lives. Okay? So think about these things. Let the Holy Spirit show you where it's operative in you, which is making you susceptible Okay, to toxic relationships, abusive authority, manipulative authority, but really, okay, but you have to let him show you what's going on in you that would partner with any of that, that would permit any of that, that would promote any of that. We have to let him deal with us, okay? So I'm so glad, hey, Lucas and Goldette Poland, I'm so glad to see you. Hello, Diane. Hello, everybody. Mary Lou, Candace. I'm so glad to see all of you and can't wait. Hey, Crystal, I cannot wait to read these comments, okay? So I love you all. Thanks for joining me. And shame season is over. If you will take God's solution, crucifixion to the old, that is his solution. Hmm? Doesn't that sound awesome? Crucifixion? Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I will speak well of his ways. Okay. All right. Love you. I hope you'll share this with others. Shame season is over. We're stepping into the new season of his solution. All right. To everything. All right. Love you all. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you'd like information on how to put Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.